This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you. So as we've been discussing, uh, City Council has voted 9-5 in favor of moving forwards on a plan to reallocate $20 million in total, $10 million uh, next year, $10 million the year after from the police budget, and to reallocate that to other social services. I guess the idea being maybe that some of those social services are uh, better designed to addressing some of the problems that end up becoming situations that the police have to deal with. So I want to find out more about uh, why this approach, how this is all going to work. Uh, I guess there's another matter concerning uh, inter-council relations, perhaps, uh, that we can address here. But uh, joining us on the line is Ward 8 City Councilor Evan Woolley. Councilor, good to have you with us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. How are you doing, Rob? Good afternoon. Uh, doing good. And so obviously we want to get into the, the conversation around police funding, but I'll give you a chance to address this. Obviously you... Uh, uh, use some strong language on social media to describe one of your colleagues, Councillor Sean Chu, who you refer to as, quote, one of the most ignorant morons on council. He has called for an apology, threatened to bring it up with the ethics commissioner. I know you've since addressed it on, on social media. So what's what's your stance on this now at this point? Well, listen, Robin, I knew I know I used uh, I, I know I used harsh, harsh language, but sometimes you got to do that. And I think it's time to call that stuff out. Councillor Chu has, over the years, uh, said some pretty horrific things. And you know what? Uh, I found those things to be deeply insulting. He has called addictions a choice. My brother died of an overdose two years ago. And most anybody that I know in this city knows people that have struggled with that thing, and they know it's not a choice. He has called uh, you know, decisions around same-sex marriage a revolution. He has continued to use ignorant and, in my opinion, moronic statements as a part of his common practice. And I'm not apologizing for it. I'm happy to have that conversation with any integrity commissioner or the ethics advisor. And I think we need to call out these kind of comments, these kinds of positions for what they are. And uh, I'm not afraid to, to confront that. Okay, so clearly you're, you're not apologizing. Do, do, I mean, it's one thing to, to suggest that someone's position uh, is is ignorant. Uh, I think that's a way of expressing disagreement. A, a moron seems more like kind of childish sort of name-calling. Did you agree? Well, you know, I, I kind of had that, uh, uh, that, that call on me today, and I Googled both of those definitions. And I think if you're interested in truth and uh, in, in, in a world of mistruth, uh, an ignorant moron is uh, is something that is in the dictionary, and I would encourage all of your callers and listeners to go and Google what those things are, and I stand by my position. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let, let's move on. The 9-5 City Council had voted this week uh, for your motion, which I, I guess at this point um, is to move forward on this plan uh, to, to reallocate a total of $20 million over two years from the police budget. 
So first of all, where does this stand? It's not a done deal by the sounds of it. Does does administration still have to come back with, with something on this? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Calgarians have been watching as we've been having this public conversation around ensuring that uh, that all of our citizens feel safe. We've had um, the police citizen satisfaction surveys come out. We've had a number of engagements with the public as well as the Calgary Police Service about how can we ensure uh, that we're using uh, all of the resources that we have, and those are limited resources. Uh, we don't have a lot of money uh, kicking around to fund uh, you know, anything that we want, so we're trying to be really, really thoughtful about sharing resources amongst departments, amongst communities to, uh, to maximize that value. And the Calgary Police Service has themselves said that it's really important uh, to, to, to share some of the resources that they have to, to make sure that, uh, that uh, citizens are feeling safe, that we are funding the programs that we need to be funding. And those programs are uh, oftentimes in support, uh, well, it's not funding for police, are uh, in support of the work that the police do. Uh, and that's what this motion's about. Um, the police budget remains the vastly the largest line item in our budget. It's $415 million a year out of a $1.8 billion budget. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And we don't have new money to tax Calgarians. We are going to take some resources, or I'm hoping we are going to look at taking some resources from the police to apply to prevention programs and other community services uh, that will support the police. Okay, so, yeah, in fairness, then, this would represent not quite 5% of the overall budget, a total of $20 million of a budget of uh, well over $400 million. But I don't think anybody's arguing that... that um, the police, the police have too much money. They don't know what to do with it. But I do want to understand where, you know, why we're doing this, because the idea of, of reallocating it to other services, and maybe there's an argument to be made. I, I do get the sense, or it feels to me, like some of it's almost uh, punitive. Like when, when you cite the satisfaction survey and police, you know, people have concerns with how the police are engaging with certain communities, to say, you know, we're going to, in response, cut your funding, that side of it seems punitive. Is it, is it meant to be? Well, I mean, listen, the, the Chief, Chief Mark Newfeld, uh, our new police chief, has said uh, that we need to reallocate some of these resources. Um, we know that there are gaps in crisis services, uh, family and community support networks, outreach services, uh, emergency response, and all of those things. And so um, it's not punitive. It's what the police service themselves have called for. Uh, let me remind listeners that uh, just last year, Councillor Farkas, in in a one year move, uh, called for a fi- uh, more than a five percent reduction to the police budget, right? And that was to just go back into into general revenues. What I'm asking mm-hmm. for is that we look at uh, taking a very small amount, less than less than two percent this year, and less than two percent next year, to reallocate. For those services that not only the police are asking for, but our citizens are. Um, so, what what would that involve specifically? 
Well, that, the, the, that's what the notice of motion is. This will, again, be a, a larger budget discussion. And so for, for, for listeners, it's our budgets at the end of November. And so this motion says, if we're going to reallocate some resources, what might we put that to? Um, my mom, for a couple of years, was, worked for Family and Community Supports and Alberta, uh, uh, Support Services. And her job was to go into houses where kids were being treated poorly and to remove those kids from those houses. Uh, this was an insanely challenging job. And every time she went to one of those houses where you had to make the, the government had to make that decision that it was unsafe for a child to be there, she used to go with two police officers behind her. And my point on this is, is that she couldn't have done that on her own, nor could those police officers have done that on their own. Mm. And what I'm talking about is ensuring that the police and our communities have the right people at the right place at the right time. And I think that there are a lot of smart conversations, specifically around the tough economic times that we are facing. This can't be new money, but we need to think about things differently. And that's all I'm asking for, thinking about things differently. Yeah. Here's my concern, and I'll let you address it, because it, it, it does feel a little bit like we're we're putting the card before the horse here. I, I, I get the idea that if we did a better job in dealing with poverty and addiction and mental health issues... Um, that there wouldn't be these these problems that police have to deal with long after the fact. But to invest more money in all of that, it, it takes a lot of time for that to start to bear fruit. I just worry that we're creating this this gap where we've cut police funding, but we're not yet seeing the benefits of those reinvestments. Wouldn't it make sense to put the money into those services and then down the road, we'll have much more flexibility uh, to to trim the police budget? Well, listen, this, this, this again, this isn't about cutting the police budget. This is about taking some money that we were putting at frontline officers who are being asked to do things that they are not trained to do and putting those at services to professionals to do the things that they're trained to do. For those people that say this is defund, that's just incorrect and it's lying, right? Um, we don't have a bunch of new money, but we do know that there are some resources that we can put small scale. So remember, your police budget is $420 million a year. And you're saying take less than 2% of that this year to put in some services that some Calgarians have asked us for that will support the police in a less expensive manner. Remember that taking for the police to pick someone up downtown who's drunk, passed out on the side of the street and put them in a drunk tank is insanely expensive. But right now, since, well, we've closed the drunk tank, uh, the holding cells in the downtown, mm-hmm. they don't exist anymore. The police are taking those people to the Alpha House, which has support workers there. And so those relationships not only are good relationships because it's the better thing to do, uh, it's also the cheaper thing to do because the cost of a social worker and the dope team in a minivan uh, supporting uh, some of our vulnerable populations is less, less expensive than sending the cops so that we can have the cops uh, and our frontline officers responding to crime and and, and 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 policing issues. Okay, fair enough. Back to, to I mentioned the point about the citizen satisfaction survey, which you cited, and and suggests that you know black, indigenous, people of color, there's concern from some communities about uh, police engagement and you know and to what extent there is systemic racism in in the police. I do wonder, though, what's the connection between the police budget 
and these issues? How, how does reducing the budget, however small or significant, how does it affect engagement with certain communities? How does it affect the question of systemic racism? What, what do you see as the connection here? Well, you know, here, here's an interesting, a an, an in, quick interesting story uh, outside of the citizen satisfaction survey, which said 75% of respondents disagreed or only moderately agreed that, that Calgary Police Service pre- prevents crime by partnering with community agencies. I went to Western Canada High School. There was a community resource officer there, uh, and when I got elected, that, that, that officer position was going to get uh, cut. And I fought for the police. I fought, or I, I advocated with the police to have that, that, that community resource officer uh, position saved, and it worked. In July, when we heard from 166 people that came to that public hearing and the feedback that we've gotten from a number of different kids in high school, which was, I'm scared of my community resource officer. When I see that person in my school, which is the, my, my, the place that I'm supposed to feel the most safe in, I feel scared. And so when we talk about the relationships that we have in our communities, remember that one in three Calgarians are visible minorities. We have the most diverse city in the country, the third most diverse city after Toronto and Vancouver, and that is increasing. And so when a large segment of our community comes to us and says, we don't feel safe when police officers are around and they are taxpayers who pay for those police officers, we got a problem. Well, we do, and, but changing yeah. the funding doesn't fix the problem. You know what, Rob? Does it? If, 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 if listen, I, I would, I would, I, I dream of a hundred dollar oil, Rob. When money was flowing into our coffers, um, we can't raise taxes on Calgarians any further. Well, fact, I understand. We, that. we should be reducing yeah. the taxes. And so, when you have your largest line item in the budget that has not seen year-over-year decreases like every other business unit or department is. And trust me, this budget in November, Calgarians are going to start to feel that pain. For the department, which is the city of Calgary's police service, which has not seen year-over-year reductions like everybody else has, ask them to to share in in an amount of money, a small amount of money, uh, which is what something they support, um, why would we not do that? I guess my question is, why not? Well, and, and I don't disagree with that. I'm, I'm just trying to establish whether or not you, you see a connection between uh, the level of funding for the police and yeah. the problem of racism or engagement with certain communities. I, I don't see how cutting the budget leads to better relationships that. with communities. Well, listen, the, 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 the budget is only one small fragment of the insane challenges that we have in our relationships with, with, uh, um, with visible minorities in our, in our police service. And not only our police service, but the rest of our, 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 our orders of government. Um, we need better training, right? We need a whole bunch of different pieces. But what we do know now, Rob, is that we know that for, for a small amount of money, we can... Um, we can really start to transform um, that, the work and the programs that go to support those communities. And, and, and that's what this notice motion is all about. All right. So what's the next step here? Next step is budget. We have, uh, we have given Calgarians a 0% increase on their taxes, which is uh, the least that we can do. Uh, and so we all got to work together to look at the resources, the limited resources we have, and share those around to ensure that we're, we're, uh, we're uh, continuing to offer services that make 
all Calgarians feel safe. All right. Councillor Willie, appreciate you making some time for us here this afternoon. Thanks a lot, Rob. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. There you go. Ward 8 City Councillor Evan Woolley. A uh, lot to digest. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.